You're listening to the MMA Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Gabriel Gonzaga here. You're listening to MMA Maniacs. All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, animals of all varieties, the MMA Maniacs podcast here. Nick David. Live via Skype, it's Matt Kona. Matt, 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 Matt Kona, 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 Kona. It's even, it's much better than, uh, than calling in. So we've used, uh, we used Skype before, but what I had you do before was I have a Skype phone number and I had you call my Skype phone number and we ran that into the soundboard, but this is just Skype to Skype and it seems much clearer. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's before you had it set to crappy. Right. And <laughs> yes. And you can see me, but I can't see you. Yeah. So. In, in the case of uh, Linton uh, Vassell, it, I had it set to crappy, and then I had it set to uh, accent that you couldn't understand and speed wobble. Yes, <laughs> so. but in your in your defense, I watched the Bellator card, which it feels like it was uh, a month ago by now. I but know. I, I watched the Bellator card, and the Linton Vassell video parts is subtitled. Throughout the whole thing. Okay. All right. So it's not, so it's not just us. Okay. Okay. Good. It's, it's, it's definitely not me, but, uh, you, you don't, you can't sub, subtitle a podcast. Correct. So you're in right. the clear. All right. You're in the clear. All right. So it's not, it's not my fault. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, um, it's the British parents uh, of another generation. Yeah, Not physiology, taking... that's the word I was looking for. It's, it's physiology's fault. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, let's, so, what, do you, what do we do? Do we start in the order? I, I, you know what? I didn't watch the World Series of Fighting, but I do have it on my DVR, which records it two days after the fact, because I don't have NBC Sports Live or whatever it airs on, but... Okay. Uh, I did watch the entire Bellator. I didn't see the prelims. I watched one fight of the prelims, and I didn't even see how it ended. It was the guy making his MMA debut. Uh, I know you watched some of the prelims because okay. yeah, I watched. I watched all of the. I watched the entire Bellator card, uh, and I didn't watch the World Series of Fighting card at all. And then I watched most of the UFC card. There were some of the. Um, early prelims that I missed, and I don't, I forget what was happening, um, but, um, I, I watched the, I caught the early prelims on, uh, Fight Pass, and then the middle prelims, I missed a few of those, maybe two or three of those fights, and then I watched the whole, the whole, the entire UFC card, um, which by, uh, let me back up to the Bellator card for just a moment and say that the main card I had was my first clean sweep ever. In terms of picks. Yep, my picks for the main card of uh, Bellator were straight across the board, all of them. I nailed it. Congrats, congrats, yeah. Nick. Now, And these are picks that I think that we even made live on the show, so... Yeah, I might have changed them. Uh, <laughs> You're always changing your picks, Nick. You can't do that. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, see, so here's the thing. If the fight hasn't started yet, why can't I change my mind? Like if I'm like, so check it out. No, so, no, no. That's t- my my whole thing is if we're bothering to make them on the uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Don't say. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. You're probably right. Yeah, okay. You know? You don't know. You could change all the picks. How about this? Well, I feel pressure. I feel pressure on the podcast, and then I want to do research. And then when I do research, <laughs> I want to make my change my mind. And sometimes when I see guys get in the cage, I can look at somebody and it, I go, "Wow, that guy is ready to go," or I go, "That guy is not ready to go," and uh, and I can change my mind. But uh, <laughs> but here, listen, listen. For the sake of, uh, I'm just saying for the sake of fun. And and if you're gonna if we're gonna contend to to uh, Leave picks. <laughs> we should stick to those picks. All we right. can change our minds, and we tweeted. Well, out. listen, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> you changed them in the middle of a fight card that we were watching together. Yeah, at your I, house. <laughs> I'm saying, but I don't think I, I picked all of those on the podcast. Okay, that's the that's the only thing. Oh, all right. <laughs> This and I just silly. win the UFC picks. <laughs> okay. Doesn't you did. matter. I, look, I started off so bad in the UFC. You made I, a, quite a comeback. I started off so bad. I was like, I was like one in, one in seven or something. And, in, in the first, it was one in seven in the first eight fights, I think. Yeah. And then, and then I got the last, uh, cause there was what? There was 13 fights. And I think I ended up, I think I ended up seven out of 13. So Actually, however that works out. Yes, it was, it was seven because I finished with eight. <laughs> okay. What's gonna happen? Um, so I was yeah. like, so I was like one in, I think I was one in, one in six in the first seven fights or one in, one in five in the first six fights, something like that. It was not, it was not starting off well, but then I, I, I ended with a flurry. Yeah. I made a, uh, I made a, uh, a, Emmanuel Newton uh, from the first fight with Linton Vassell, I made that comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Although he didn't uh, make the comeback in this fight, uh, it was the that was the that was the fight that I was most looking forward to. Uh, not just because we had him on the podcast, and so I felt like I had a more of a vested interest in the fight, but uh, also just that was just the most interesting fight to me on the card for Bellator. We're talking about Bellator for a second. Um, yeah. You know, we got the former light heavyweight world champion and then and then the dude that, you know, fought him and beat him the first two rounds uh, in their first fight. So it was a, it was an interesting fight. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, that was where that was kind of how I thought the fight was going to go. And it did. Well, I thought that, uh, I mean, I had no predictions, uh, on, on how it was gonna go, but I will say that Linton Vassell has a really cool nickname, The Swarm. The Swarm. It, it, uh, really good. And now it sets it up if they wanted to do a, a trilogy fight, uh, they could do that. I think Linton Vassell was fairly dominant in, in, in this one, though. Yeah, I mean, he, there was a, there was a point taken away from Newton because of the at the third time that he got kicked or kneed in the groin. So after the third time the ref took a point away, but it was uh, it was irrelevant to the outcome. He would have lost either way. 
So uh, maybe it was, it, it might have been relevant in the fact that it may have taken some wind out of his sails. You know, when something like that happens, oh, maybe you don't fight as hard. Certainly slowed down. He fought differently. Uh, even after the second one, I think that's the one that brought him to his knees. But do you think that it's a thing where nowadays fighters, they almost know that they have one or two groin strikes in them to give themselves a break it's, while the opponent recovers? You know, it's it's real strange that suddenly... Just in the last, you know, five years or so, the groin, and maybe it's because, here's what I think it is. I think that it's because fighters are becoming, are using that inside leg kick much more often. And they're using that, and they're using knees. I mean, they're probably using knees as much as they ever did. Maybe more, but that inside, the, the, the one that seems to be the biggest culprit is that inside leg kick where they're trying to, damage the inside of the thigh and uh that seems to be the one that where people get caught inadvertently a lot and i think it's i think it's because that fighters are just using that kick more but it is weird that suddenly out of nowhere all of a sudden it's just this rash of everybody gets kicked in the groin almost every fight (laughs) so uh there's that, and then eye pokes are another, you know, that was not a thing. I could count, I could count on both hands the first 12 years of the UFC, how many times somebody got poked in the eye. And suddenly the last, and it's, there's a lot more fights, so there's that to take into account. Maybe that's, maybe that's it, because instead of watching when I started watching, you got to see a fight every three months. You had to wait three months to see your next UFC. So a fight happened in January. You had to wait February, March. You had to wait till April to see your next UFC. So there weren't as many fights. Now there's a card almost every weekend, sometimes two, and sometimes, what was, what was that one, like a month ago, there was three in one weekend. Uh, or no, that was the, that was the, uh, was well, that the, that was the 194. One, yeah, 194, yeah. right, when you were out in Vegas. Right, that was three in one weekend. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we have that, plus we have all of the, uh, the tough that we watch all the time, plus we have all of the Bellator and the World Series of Fighting and the CES and the RFA and, UFN, I, I, I just DVR MMA because I've got a million channels. Right. And, and I have all these uh, DVR'd from South Africa that I'll watch from time to time. Sometimes it's not even the whole show because, um, you know, uh, what's it called? One of those infomercials went long before and they all... Oh, right. So I, I'll occasionally have, oh, that's a good fight. And then it will abruptly end because... That's the only, it was only they allotted one hour on the DVR and it's these channels no one's ever heard of. Right. Um, I mean, Bellator is the second biggest promotion. This is arguably the best, the best fight on the main card. I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think, look ahead to the other ones. Uh, Emmanuel, oh no. Actually, I came up a pre- pretty good Emmanuel Newton, blah, blah, blah. Um, Josh Thompson, Michael Chandler promo. 
Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I can't remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're all yeah. over the fucking place here. <laughs> no, I, I I kept detailed notes as it happened during the event. Oh I didn't right, think we were talking about it so long ago, but I almost forgot that. Yeah, the the uh, the shadow of Melvin Gillard fought. Oh uh, my goodness, Eric Campos. The only thing that was good about that fight was Mike Tyson on commentary. <laughs> that was very interesting. Yeah, he was definitely on some type of. Uh, Mood, mind-altering substance for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he was I, not. He was not operating on uh, on a, a, the level of a sober person. No. Uh, so he was. I also the, my favorite. Okay, so I did keep a little bit of d- details, and maybe I'll tweet these, or we'll put them on a Tumblr or something. Well, well let me let me address let me address okay, your sorry. question just for a second before you do that. I don't have yeah. cable anymore, so I can't DVR anything. So I catch what I. Uh, you know, I have a bunch of different apps. I have I have Apple TV, and then I have my computer hooked up to my television. So I have a bunch of different apps and a bunch of different websites I can go to to watch stuff. I have the I have the Spike TV app. I have the um, the Fox Sports One TV app, so I can watch a lot of the stuff live streaming that way. I can't DVR it. Um, sometimes I'll find other sites that I can watch different stuff on. But when I did have cable. I did, I, I used to DVR everything, everything MMA, the same, same way you're doing it. But what I ended up always doing was I would watch the, uh, whatever the boss rooting one is, the, the inside, show, MMA. inside MMA. So I, I would watch inside MMA and they gave, it was the best because they covered so many different, uh, MMA events. But they would give you the quick rundown. You would go, you watch all the cool submissions, all the great knockouts, and you would get all of it, and you wouldn't have to suffer through any of the <laughs> any of the other stuff. You just get to watch the cool results of stuff. Uh, that's Sports yeah. Center for fighting, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was a. That's 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 probably the best MMA show that's out there right now. I think because it's the most comprehensive. Um, the rest of them are you know kind of bought and paid for by the UFC, and so they just are. Are UFC centric, which, you know, being the best, biggest, and best organization with all the best fighters, uh, it doesn't that doesn't stink. But, uh, but I do like to see uh, what the rest of the world's doing too. I mean, really, there are only two shows, and that's Inside MMA on Axis on Friday nights after the Friday night fights, right. and then and then there's UFC Tonight. Which I like. I, I don't think that they're really in competition with each other because UFC tonight is just UFC, so they're right. not trying to be anything else. So right, right. That, that's why Axis uh, TV's Inside MMA has been on for so long because they really don't have any other competition. So they they are, they are the most comprehensive, but they they don't do that much Bellator stuff. I find because typically Bellator is airing at the same time as it, so they'll only get somewhat of a mention. I mean, they do have fighters come in from all the promotions, but uh, anyway, those are the two good places to to get info. Right, right. For sure. And Boss Rutten has a podcast with Mauro Ranallo, uh, who we uh, we are Twitter friends with. So. Yeah, he gave us a little howdy-do a couple weeks back. That was nice. I wish Bellator, and I, and I know it's getting bigger. I mean, maybe it's getting attention for all the wrong reasons, as everyone is aware of now for the co-main event, especially uh, of this fight card. But but the Lynn Vassell, uh, Emmanuel Newton fight was probably the best. But now it's the trilogy. 
And I hope that it gets bigger for the sport because both of these guys are perfect casting for a Key and Peele parody sketch. <laughs> they, it's perfect. <laughs> You, to, you can have dreams, my friend. That's the stare down. We gotta make it happen. So uh, we have to it, pitch him. We, we have to write the skit and pitch it to him. Well, this is how we, we cross over. And that's not, right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I'll sit down. I'll sit down and, 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 uh, you know, gnash some, some pencils to paper. I'm, I'm yeah. in. And, and my, but my favorite unintentional thing, uh, that was hilarious about this was, as Emmanuel Newton is walking out, he has sort of a Christian rock song, and the ball, one of the bald cut men is just like rocking out in the background while he's getting inspected. It's great. Uh, just rocking I'll out. I'll have to rewatch that. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it just for that. But there's maybe there's a gif that you could find it on. But uh, and they both had similar shorts, which is something that. We see a lot of yeah. That I I noticed that when they were grappling on the ground, I was like, wow, they have all the same sponsors. Yeah, but they are uh, a giant Japanese symbol, which uh, <laughs> is, is a Japanese character for twinsies. Well, I when I was talking to to Linton in the interview, he did mention that he and Emmanuel are good friends. Mm-hmm. So you know, I was trying to get him to to talk shit about him. Uh, the worst he would do was say, well. I would just say that I'm going to bring it <laughs> or yeah. bring the pain. Or he said something like that. Uh, when I said, should, I said, I said, if, if by chance, uh, you happen to be sitting across from breakfast the day before the fight with Emmanuel Newton, what would you say to him? And that was, that was his, his answer was, I would say, I was, I'm be prepared because I'm going to bring it or bring the pain or one of those things. But bring the he had, he had he had nothing uh he had nothing negative to say about Emmanuel. he likes him and and they're good buddies so uh, so let's uh that's my that's my little two year old in the background everyone uh m m maniacs fans <laughs> i'm uh i'm in my bedroom uh squirreled away and talking to matt kona via skype trying to get this podcast out to you lovely folks because uh as much as Kona and I like to hang out together, we don't always get the chance to do that because we do live an hour away. So when we can do it together, we do, which is most of the shows, I think. But uh, I think the only other ones we've done since you – I think this is the only one we've done since you're in New England. Uh, the yeah, other, the other ones we, first... we had to do because you were stuck in Florida. So, I Florida. so I don't I don't think this will be uh, – this will happen too much. Although it does – it seems to work, and I think it'll it'll be great for when we have Collins – you know, this Skype is sounds really clear. So Yeah, I it's I, almost I think, it's almost like you're here with me. <laughs> Good. And uh um, yeah. Next uh, next time we we do one together in the studio, we'll just <laughs> you just bring uh your your two year old in and <laughs> he gets we'll crying the back. Ignore him. We'll <laughs> ignore him. <laughs> we'll ignore him, we'll take his snacks away so he cries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that's how you build ratings, right? <laughs> and then, so here's the thing that I, we've noticed about him lately is that he's he is a sensitive boy, and so he gets embarrassed, or he'll if you laugh at him, he's not he doesn't like that. So he'll do something that is kind of silly, and so you'll laugh at him, and he'll he gets upset because he thinks you're laughing at him. But oh no, you gotta. Because the laughing with, laughing because. Right, right. Trying, trying to, trying to get him to understand that, but. Right you got, now, he maybe he wants you to. About it. 
Maybe he wants you to throw tomatoes at him. <laughs> hey, so I listen. I had an idea, um, and I wanted. I was hoping that you could come up here to my house to do it. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna set up um, my whole. When you were in the garage before, we were upstairs. I'm gonna change everything. It's gonna. I'm setting up the downstairs. It's gonna be the new kind of hang down there. I have mm-hmm. what was my giant sectional couch in here is going to be out there. It's going to be a cool, it's going to be set up nice out there, but I want to do... Uh, it sounded like you said giant sexual couch. I know what you did say. <laughs> great. You know, it's like sexual chocolate. <laughs> it's a sexual chocolate couch. Uh, no, so um, my buddy that I train with, who is in the band Stem, who does the theme song for UFC, uh, it, it, who I, I train with, he wants to do with a podcast, but I, so my idea, I thought this would be fun, was I would do a dual podcast where, because I have another podcast called the Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast. You've been on it before. Um, and I do it with my good friend Lisa Geyer. And I thought it'd be interesting that we could, we could all four of us do the podcast together and then I could, I could broadcast it as a Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast and an MMAX podcast, both. Like he killed two birds with one stone because he's a he's involved in MMA and he has a lot of cool stories. He's told me just a few of the little stories that he has, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil any of them. But just hanging out with different fighters and you know the UFC whisking him around and taking him places and hanging out with Dana White and uh, so there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff there. And then there's the whole the other the musical side of it, which would be you know more for the ridiculous nicholas podcast but it, it, it's enough of a it's enough of a cool is we won't, i don't think we'll find another guest that fits right in that middle ground where it would be perfect for both podcasts so i thought we could all come up and, and do it all together and then anyways that was my idea so there you go welcome uh, to this brainstorming session <laughs> live on the podcast <laughs> uh so I had. Uh, a, uh, that's cool. I'm actually gonna. I'll, I will be in Manchester next Monday. No pressure. But next that, Monday, that comic book show that is produced by the Ryan tw- the 29th. Yeah, Double Midnight Comics. Oh, all right. Uh, if it's workable there, uh, before or after, maybe if he wants to come out to the show, I'll put him on the guest list. It's a free show, but I'll put him on the guest list. Uh, that might work. Let me. Uh, let me see. I'll send him a message and see if he's down for doing that because that that works for me if it works for you. And there's free pizza at the comic book show. So all you fans up in the Manchester area, Monday the 29th, Double Midnight Comics, 8 p.m. Dig it, dig it, dig it. And that's, uh, does Josh Day put that on? Nah, Ryan Chaney. Ryan Chaney. All right. We'll dig that. Dig Uh, it like a... So what are you what are you predicting? Just to take a little break from Bellator, uh, because the fucking do we even have to talk more about the freak? Uh, I mean, really sad, real sad shit. So and, much. Listen, so much sad shit. It's uh, you know, uh, Velasquez is out, Dos Anjos is out. I don't know what to think anymore. I'm so. It went from being the most exciting time in MMA history for me to being, uh, 
the saddest time in MMA history. For me. It's not sad. It's just disappointing. It's we sad have... to me. It's sad. It bums me out. I mean, I, 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 you know, whatever you call it, whatever you want. Disappointment, sadness. It bums me out. Uh, it's still exciting. Diaz versus McGregor is an exciting fight. Eh. It's a little. I think it's uh, it's it's dangerous. This is the first time McGregor has ever had someone with a longer reach who's taller than him. Uh, and who is the shit talker? I don't think he will get in his head as much, but it's it's like I McGregor is so good with his words, and Diaz is just an ignorant motherfucker that's annoying. <laughs> you all probably remember being a kid and you're in an argument with someone, and the other person knows that they're losing the argument, and they don't want to concede that, so they'll instead just start mimicking you or going. Meh, meh, that's Diaz. I feel right. like I feel like that's what people are going to be like. This is the most amazing builds. They're going to be great shit talkers. These are guys that they talk shit to affect their opponents, and they are unaffected. So it's just going to be reporters trying to get clickbaity sound bites. Yes, right. but it's really just pageantry, just the the dancing. I'm interested in in the fight. In the matchup, and the fact that it's happening at 170. I don't, listen, I hate to <laughs> keep going back to my fucking conspiracy theories, but I feel super manipulated by this whole thing. I've seen the pictures of Dos Anjos' foot. I get it, his foot's broken. But it's just awfully coincidental that McGregor just keeps having to fight these last-minute throw-together fights. Is this the third one now? No, the, McGregor has had this will be his eighth fight in the UFC, his fourth opponent change. Okay. So So that right. doesn't benefit him at all. Is that what your conspiracy is about? Oh my opponent, god, you don't think it's a benefit to him to get a guy that's coming off of the couch that hasn't been training specifically for a fight that isn't in camp? You don't think that's a benefit to him? He fought more recently than McGregor did. What? He fought more recently than he fought the week after McGregor did. Okay, that's a week. First of all, that's a week but, difference. That's a terrible argument. But the so whole that, thing so is, so that's that, not. So that's not. Guy, listen, a, it's definitely if a dude, if you're not in camp, you need that two months to prepare mentally, physically. You have to get all of your stuff is all coming up to where your body and your mind and everything peaks together all at one point. You're doing all this work to make that peak happen. And when you're not in camp, you don't get to that peak. You get to as good as you can get, but you don't get to that peak. And when you're operating at this level, you have to exploit every little edge that you can get because there are no bad people at this level. They're all bad motherfuckers, and anyone can win on any given night if the circumstances are right. So if you put... Uh, if you put Cain Velasquez on the couch for nine months and then you tell him and he doesn't train at all and you tell him to get off the couch and he has to fight I don't know Shogun Hua let's say let's put that in up there who a guy who I don't think would ever beat Velasquez Hua could beat him not getting off the couch for nine months I'm just saying all every little edge can be exploited so the fourth time now that he's gotten a short, a short-term fight, it's way in his benefit, really in his benefit. 
So, but your conspiracy theory. So I feel a little. The UFC breaking RDA's foot. No. No. Because I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It doesn't. Hey, listen. I haven't seen. I haven't seen an X-ray. I don't know if it's broken. You just said you saw the photos. I've seen a photo of a purple foot. I don't know if it's his purple foot. Okay. (laughs) Listen, I I don't. I'm not. uh, I'm just saying it's weird. I'm not saying it's. All I can do is tell you how I feel, how it makes me feel. I feel manipulated. It's not, I'm not making up an emotion to feel. I feel manipulated. So it's, could all be complete bullshit, but I'm just telling you my little conspiracy antenna goes up and it's probably all bullshit, but I'm telling you that's how I feel. But what is the benefit for the UFC? The benefit for the fucking UFC is everything. Dude, they get to keep building McGregor and putting him up against guys that aren't up to the task. And they keep getting to steamroll his name. They get one more fight out of him. And that's exactly how I felt about when he was first set up to fight Aldo. I thought he was going to get fucking creamed. And it seemed like, wow, they get a last-minute guy, all those out. They get a last-minute guy. They get one more fight out of him. They get one more fight out of him. They get one more fight. They get to keep this unbeaten streak in the UFC he gets to keep doing exactly what he says he's going to do every single time so but he's booked to fight and he shows up to fight it's the opponents that switch out do you think the opponent do you think the UFC took Aldo aside took RDA aside here's here's 10 million bucks disappear who knows? Yeah, dude, but this 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 back in, this conversation I bring it up every time is completely uninteresting to me because there's no <laughs> way that I can convince you that this thing which seems overarching and like really conspiratorial if you're thinking about it because there's way more money in the him being a two weight champion everything was set up where he would be if he beat RDA he would be ready to go to UFC 200 the biggest event in UFC's history. And they, you said it yourself, they need a big fight for that. So I think he's still in that position, but it's, it's not with two belts, which takes it away the part of the charm and the draw behind the story of it. Right. But check it out. But check it out now. Check it out now. He gets, he gets a welterweight fight. He creams Diaz, which he's going to do. He creams Diaz and then RDA's foot's better for UFC 200. And then we get McGregor RDA, and then we get, uh, we get George St. Pierre comes back. I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a, makes that card home. Oh my God. And then, maybe, and then maybe we get, uh, you know, maybe Rousey comes back for that. No, she's not coming back. She has gone on TV shows that you don't get because you don't have cable. Right. She's not coming back for a while. She's, Crying on Ellen. That happened since the last time we spoke. No, I, I saw the interview. I don't, you know, people say things every day. How many times have you heard Dana White say, that guy's never going to fight in the UFC again, and then the guy fights? Or this fight's never going to happen, or we're never going to have women in the UFC. How many absolutes have you heard date from Dana White that that were changed? So it's people say things all the time. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. The date hasn't come and left yet, so... The future is still out there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it, it's all, it's all, it's complete. I'm sure it's all complete nonsense. I'm just saying it's just seems a little weird. That's all.
but you're it, take it you with a grain of salt. I'm taking it with a whole fucking okay. Can take of it with a whole salt. can of salt. Eat all of the salt, sure. So it just it's just a little strange to me. It's like anything they can do to squeeze a little bit more time out of this unbeaten streak to where he's it just builds him up more. If he beats, I, if he listen, if he beats Diaz, it builds that fucking RDA fight up even more. No, he has this, more this is, behind him. He nah. has more time to accumulate more fans and more people to get interested in that fight because people that are McGregor fans go, look, this fucking guy's amazing. And then they get their friends over and then they watch him destroy Nate Diaz and then they go home and they get the paper for RDA. So um, here's what I'm saying. If there was any way to make some kind of a conspiracy, this would be the fucking way to do it. This would be the exact blueprint for how it should be done. So, it's all, there, it's all of it benefits him and benefits the UFC. All of it. Every fight that has pulled out has benefited the UFC and benefited him because they build him as a bigger superstar. He gets billed as a bigger superstar, so he benefits from that. He gets more money for everything. And then the UFC sells way more tickets, way more pay-per-views, all kinds of McGregor t-shirts, you know, because after that first loss, it's gonna, there's going to be a slump. So regardless... Forget, let's say he goes to what? Fucking middleweight? And then he wants to fight. Luke no, you're just, now you're just reaching. I don't know. So what no, you're I'm going. just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just, it's just nonsense. I'm just saying, so then he goes to middleweight. Here's what my point I'm trying to make. Eventually he's going to get beat. After he gets beat, there's going to be a slump. Because everyone, as much as everyone likes to build somebody up, they like to tear people down. You saw it happen with Rousey. Soon as she got beat, everyone's like, ah, fuck, she ain't shit. And now look at nobody's talking about her. Donald Cerrone got beat inside a minute. He didn't go through a slump. He main evented a, a card that also ended after a minute and a half, uh, not very long later. I don't think McGregor. Right, but it's a very different thing. There isn't a giant hype machine behind Donald Cerrone. There isn't. A, there was an enormous hype machine behind Rousey. There's an enormous hype machine behind McGregor. There's not one with with Cerrone. Cerrone is exactly what you see is exactly what you get. So. I don't know. He's doing a lot of those Budweiser Harley Davidson. <laughs> which had a fucking ceremony after the weigh-ins where they gave Donald Cerrone a Harley Davidson. It was covered on UFC tonight. The Mer Mer Rousey obviously came in with hype. She came in with a belt over her shoulder. She was the reason that they made a women's bantamweight division in the UFC. Conor McGregor had hype. That's how he got signed by the UFC. Irish fans speaking out to, da uh, to Dana White about him when he was visiting Ireland. He has his own hype. He built his own hype train, and the UFC has done a good job of putting their hat onto it and riding it. But McGregor is beyond him, the beyond the UFC. He's fighting... For the fans, he says that he's here to get all the belts and go. Maybe the UFC is trying to hide some belts and delay his time <laughs> in, in there. I don't think that – I don't know. I think there's always sus 
suspect when the Brazilian fighters in general always pull out with, with these sort of shady injuries. And it, mm. and it happens last minute. And I, and I think that getting back to what we were saying about kneeing or punching a fighter in the crotch a couple times, you know that there are built-in benefits. I had a, I kept it to myself, we weren't doing a podcast at the time yet, but Michael Bisping was supposed to fight in Australia and, uh, and, and he pulled out of it because the fight made no sense for him. It, it would have not propelled him further up the card. He was fighting someone, Robert Whitaker, that was lower ranked than him. And the guy that replaced Whit, uh, Bisping ended up getting spanked by Whitaker. So it's probably a good thing that he's he backed out. And then there would be a tarnish on Bisping, and he never would have been headlining the upcoming card against Anderson Silva. Right. Again. So there is a strategy, like Rafael dos Anjos, that was his first title defense against Donald Cerrone. He doesn't want to get embarrassed with McGregor, so maybe he needed more time to train. Maybe that's what the injury was. I think Aldo maybe. was. I don't. I think Aldo was not in the right mental state to fight McGregor going into 189 with his rib injury. Who knows? And then maybe his rib injury was he could have fought through it. Maybe he couldn't have. But right. But he got injured, and he said that he was injured, but maybe that was good. It gave him an additional close to six months, five months, until they fought in December. And then he fought in December, and there wasn't that media buildup, so it made me a little bit nervous. But I think he he lost either way. RDA may be paranoid about it. Maybe he wants to hold on to this, and maybe he wants to go for the UFC 200 thing. But I don't think that... The, I don't think the undefeated streak of Conor McGregor has ever come up because they're. It, I mean, they marketed Joseph Duffy, who is supposed to headline a pay per view against Dustin Poirier against the last man to beat Conor McGregor. Right. So they're not hiding the fact that Conor McGregor has lost before. And I think that in MMA, losses mean less because you can still come back. And every guy has the day. I mean, McGregor said. Uh, in, in interviews, that part losing is part of the sport. Right. So here's I can agree with you on that to a point. Here's the point: uh, if you're talking about regular fighters, I agree with that. When you're talking about fighters that have accrued this fanatical fan base, this this. Uh, um, there's a flurry of fair weather fans is what I'm saying. There are people that are just, that aren't really, fa- it's just like when the Red Sox go to the World Series. I watched, I watched the World Series. I don't fucking watch baseball at all. I never watch baseball, but I watched it then because they were in the World Series because they were the best and I, and I'm from New England and blah, 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 the end. Yeah. So. I'm saying that there's a whole bunch of people that are on that, that are right on that teeter. And I wish I knew more. I wish I knew more about how that shit breaks down. But they have boardrooms full of motherfuckers that can tell you, here's, here's a whole bunch of fans that aren't going to change their mind no matter what. Here's a bunch of fans that as soon as he gets a loss, they're going to drop off. So we need to keep that thing going as long as possible. I'm telling you, that's a truth. Dude, so, 
If McGregor gets beat, everyone will want to see it. It will bring more eyes to the UFC, and the people that are the biggest McGregor fanboys will be like, he'll be back, and they'll watch the fight. The next fight will be even bigger. There is no way that he loses. If he loses, the no, there's no way that the following main events, pay-per-view that he headlines, will do less in sales. I will bet you... A thousand G's, baby. <laughs> a, thousand a thousand G's. G's. <laughs> a thousand G's. All right. I'm just saying, it's so different now that it, it it's it's like no other previous example. This guy is just different. I think that people connect to him in a different way. They like that he thumbs his nose. He refers to the UFC as business partners. Right. I've looked into this. He said when he announced the RDA fight, and we were right on the scene to cover it, We, he said McGregor Entertainment Presents in, a di- in affiliation with EA Sports, something <laughs> that. And there, you can look it up. There's an article. I'll send you a link. I believe we found it on bloodyelbow.com. But it was last year, before he even sent out this press conference, this press release, last year, he trademarked the phrase McGregor Industries, and his girlfriend, Dee Devlin, is the president of it. <laughs> and, uh, and here's, this is, this is a conspiracy that's not really a conspiracy, it's a logic thing. Croke Park, the 80,000 capacity place in Ireland. Right. They're not going to have an event there that starts at 4 a.m. So they would only be able to broadcast live from the afternoon in Ireland from Croke Park, which I think that the UFC, if they're smart, they would still make that deal. But every UFC pay-per-view starts at 10 p.m. Occasionally they'll have wacky Fox Sports 1 show that starts at 10 a.m. from the Manila, the Nether, or the Philippines. They'll, they're having a 4 p.m. fight pass card this coming weekend from England. They're not going to do 4 p.m. pay-per-view in Ireland, but McGregor Industries might when he's out of the UFC. Maybe he invites former UFC fighter Jose Aldo over. Maybe they do a do-over in front of 80,000 people and both split the money, and UFC doesn't make a dime. <laughs> Uh, Could be. Game is changing. <laughs> He's killed the game. I don't. I'm telling you. I still. I still stand by the fact that I think he's going to take Dana White's job at some point. Well, he could. I. I hope that uh, maybe McGregor will get into backyard fighting with uh, McGregor Five Thousand. McGregor Five Thousand. <laughs> that little McGregor. McGregor Five Thousand. McGregor 5000. Do we even should we even discuss that? Uh, you know, it's just so fucking stupid. It was here was the only saving grace that I saw from that thing is and this is the this is this is what I thought would be the only saving grace. The only saving grace was I would get to see that dude fucking head taken off in the first 2 minutes of that fight, which is what should have happened. That's what should have happened because Kimbo Slice has been in the game now for a while, and his he he should have known better. His camp should have known better. Okay, he never looked that bad against anybody else, and he fought way better fighters. Yeah, he, Kimbo looked gassed before Dada looked gassed right. in the first round. Right. So 
it was just the whole thing was just so fucking stupid. I, I'm just uh, that was the only saving grace. I was like, all right, I get to see this guy get his head knocked off for being stupid enough to get in here. And nope, oh no, you get the last three rounds by just hanging on to each other. And and we saw John McCarthy stand Kimbo up from a full mount. Right. It was that was that's how bad it was. That's how bad I've never seen that in my whole life. I've never seen a guy get st- stood up from mount before. And he got stood up from mount because he wasn't doing anything. He was just li- he was just taking a nap. Yeah. He was lying on him taking a nap. So, whatever. It was a huge ratings hit for Bellator. Yeah, okay, good if, for them. I guess they But maybe get that. for the wrong reasons though. That's what I'm saying. At least Lynn Vassell Emmanuel Newton w- was a good fight. Right. That's the only real passable good fight on that card, and they had Mike Tyson come on, and they did make some intriguing announcements coming up for future Bellator uh, events. Yep. Tell our tell our listeners those announcements. All right. On May fourteenth, it's Josh Thompson, Michael Chandler, and all. all right. uh, the main event is was originally scheduled for the Dynamite card that they did with Glory in their tournament, their one-night tournament, but it had to get scrapped because King Mo had an injury. Since then, he's gone and won the Ryzen New Year's Heavyweights Tournament, but it's going down Bellator, May 14th, King Mo versus Phil Davis. <laughs> King, King Mo is just... Uh, 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 he's annoys the shit out of me. He's calling everybody out. Did you? I don't know if you saw the... Uh, he's a uh, huge wrestling fan, so I think he's trying yeah, to... Yeah, so I guess maybe it's that. He he was... He he was... Uh, they fa- they, they were doing the, a post the guys off. Yeah, they were doing some kind of post-presser, and he started talking shit to Ken Shamrock, saying that he'd beat the shit out of Ken Shamrock. Uh, you know, he's just looking for a... He's looking for some sort of big... I I'm think right. I think he finally realizes he's not a contender, because I don't think he is. Uh, I thought he was uh, maybe a couple few years ago, but I think he's I think his time has come and gone, and I think he realizes it. And now he's looking for a payday, so he's just calling out everybody he can. I think I think Phil Davis is going to spank the shit out of him, and uh, then he's going to be trying to get fights like Ken Shamrock, which will be a big payday for him. So, true. I don't know if anyone would sanction that. Even the state of Texas, <laughs> and they sanctioned. Data five thousand. We should. Just uh, they probably would. They look at the difference uh, in in weight between Shamrock and and Gracie it was like fifteen pounds or twenty pounds. What so, really? I thought that was a two. Of, I thought they were both at two hundred five for that. I think I think Gracie was at like one ninety. I think Gracie was. I have to go back and look at it again, but I'm pretty sure they were fifteen to twenty pounds different. Oh okay. I thought that it was in the division. I could be wrong, but whatever. Um. Uh, and I guess, I guess we'll talk about that fight for a second. Uh, just the disappointing. Um. And weird too, because they began the prelims by hyping the fact that in Texas the gee is legal. The gee is legal. Oh my god. Oh my god. That was the thing that Shamrock complained about the first time. <laughs> so, they they did, the so they didn't know if he was going to wear the gee. <laughs> oh, that, but that, but they wouldn't approve Shamrock's shoes. Ah, well, right. No. But okay, so the gee is legal. He doesn't wear the gee, and right. uh, Gracie didn't have his hands wrapped. 
Is that crazy? I didn't know if that was a, I didn't know if that was an option. Yeah, I don't know how that's, I don't know how that is an option. Because. Like, they'll, they're wrapped so you don't break your hand. What the fuck? Yeah, they're wrapped so you don't break your hand and they're also wrapped so it's not as hard against your opponent. There's some mm-hmm. sort of padding. There's padding, but I think it's mostly for your, <laughs> for you to, the benefit of your hands. Because right. uh, the Bellator gloves, uh, they're like a little bit thicker than the UFC, right? But um, I don't know. But he did end it with strikes for the first time in his career. Uh, Hoist Gracie got a TKO via strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got that nice knee off. Uh, Which was... one? The one to the groin? Um, no, I went to the one. He got to the, the groin. That was the, one that, the one that put him down was the yeah, one to the, the head. It was right to the forehead. Yeah, yeah I mean he he cracked him a good one, uh, and it wasn't until it wasn't until Shamrock got cracked in the head that his groin started hurting. <laughs> if you watch the replay in slow motion, he got kneed in the groin. It was obvious knee to the groin, and then he kept fighting. And then he got kneed in the head, and after he got kneed in the head, he grabbed his groin and then fell to, to the canvas. So. There's definitely a delayed reaction in there. I, I've been hitting the groin before and have, it's taken a couple of seconds for it to really sink in. I get it. It's a thing that happens. People go, Oh, that doesn't happen. Well, uh, you haven't been hitting the groin enough, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a thing. You get hit in the, you get hit in the groin and then two, it takes two seconds or three seconds and then you go, Oh shit, that really hurts. Uh, you know, it climbs up you. It starts there and then it climbs up and it goes up into your gut and all of a sudden your gut feels like it's like, I don't yeah. know what, terrible. So, yeah. so that's definitely a thing. So it's not, uh, I don't think that Shamrock was trying to milk it. Um, but I think that he should have, uh, I think it's unfortunate. Uh, I think he should, he's been in the game long enough that he should know the rules that the ref's not going to stop the fight unless he sees it. And if he's not stopping the fight, you have to defend yourself. So yep. it's your job to always defend yourself, irrespective of whether the ref is there seeing it or he's not seeing it. Because if he's, if he sees you not defending yourself, he's going to call the fight. And that's what happened. So. You know, he, he started yelling at Gracie afterwards. You did it on purpose. You did it on purpose. Um, you know, after he, he calmed down and cooler heads prevailed, I think he realized that he didn't do it on purpose. But I, I think that, I think that if I can get inside his head for a second, I think what he was trying to accuse him of, of is he kept fighting on purpose, which I, th- that's what I feel like he was trying to say. I don't think he ever thought that Gracie need him in the groin on purpose, but the fact that he kept fighting once he knew that he had been need in the groin. Um, but that's his job. He's a fighter. The ref didn't stop it. Why am I going to stop? <laughs> you know, why? His job is to beat you up. That's his job when he gets in the octagon or the ring or whatever that thing is called for Bellator. Um, the circle. <laughs> the circle of whatever uh so it's it's his job to defend himself and he didn't do that so i i don't in that respect i don't have any sympathy for him the whole fight just bums me out 
Because I really would have liked to see a, a, a more definitive action happen. Yeah. Um, do you want to see it again? Do they? I think it's going to happen again. I think it's. I think it's going to happen again because I don't think. Uh, I think it should happen in Russia. <laughs> Where like you can Ro- do soccer like stomps. <laughs> like Rocky Four. <laughs> it should. It should happen in the World Series of Fighting, or or not the World Series. What's the other one? Uh, not Risen. Uh, one yeah, one one yeah. championship where you could do you know soccer kicks and <laughs> and kick a guy in the head when they're down and all that silly nonsense. Yeah. <clears throat> no, thank you. But all right, so that kind of covers Bellator a little bit last weekend, and uh, what else did we want to talk a- Adrian, about? Adrian Adrian Peterson was a special guest there. Uh, the reason that I I think Adrian Peterson came out to the fights was. In the promo images, they showed Dada 5000 with a sledgehammer, and Adrian Peterson was like, sweet, we can bring weapons. <laughs> but um bump Switch. Ladies and gentlemen, you, can, like see, the, you can see Matt Kona at the comic book show on Monday. Uh, <laughs> Manchester, New Hampshire. Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, yeah, also, I looked up the way Cam Sh- uh, Ken Shamrock was 201, Gracie 190, so yeah, you're okay, right. Okay, yeah, 11, 11 pounds different. And Melvin Gillard didn't make weight. He weighed in at 158 against Derek Campos. So, do you yeah, want to see? The, this is the first time Melvin Gillard's missed weight either. Do you want to see him fight anymore? I no, I, I haven't wanted to watch Melvin Gillard fight for probably he's had five a or lot six of years. Fights. <laughs> he has had a lot of fights, and his two in Bellator have not looked good. Um, unfortunately, it's up to him. But uh, no good. Uh, Mike Tyson was the highlight. He he was really a big fan of Melvin. He he was like Yeah, he was cheering him on and then he Mel, it, big Mel Yeah. <laughs> uh Melvin Gillard did come out with an Adidas tracksuit, which was kinda cool. But yeah. <laughs> Kooky. Uh and my favorite Mike Tyson quote I wrote down was uh Sean Grandy said that Melvin Gillard had a fractured hand and Mike Tyson goes, A fractured arm? Oh no. And you go, no. <laughs> fresh hands. And, and then, but, but the best Mike Tyson quote, of course, is after the TKO. He said, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Which way did he go? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty kooky. I gotta take a quick pee pee, so give me one second and I'll All be right. right back. Okay, I'll just talk about, um, Whatever you want. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll, I'll read my Bellator round by round highlights. So this is perfect. Extended. <laughs> Coverage of the Linton Vassell Emmanuel Newton fight. After round one, Emmanuel Newton was dominated on the ground position wise, but Linton Vassell didn't go for the finish too hard. He stayed calm, but with a minute or so left, couldn't flatten him out from the back mount or get comfortable, so Newton bucked him off from mount, but did look faded. At the beginning of round two, there was Newton came out with a hard crotch kick, which got the fight stopped. It was his second time. Um, Linton Vassell got a little bit woozy, got away with the fence grab, and then the third crotch kick ended uh, with him getting a point removed. So I think that was a 9-9 round because of that. Uh, the TV feed also stalled for me, my DVR. I didn't know if that was the Spike's cameraman getting a crotch shot, but... Um, Anyway, round three, Newton came out firing fists 
in a spinning back fist before initiating the takedown. His first time on on top so far. Dirty boxed a little bit, scrambled away. Vassell got back on top and basically wrote out the fight from there to a unanimous decision. Uh, there was one kind of cool thing that Bellator is doing, which is a program called Veterans Operation Wellness, where they had two former soldiers in the Marines fight in a prelim fight, and Jerry Jeremy Mahan won that with 13 straight rib strikes, which you don't see very often. 13? So, 13. That's one more. That's a baker's dozen. <laughs> that was a fight that you may have seen, Nick. I didn't see it, but they showed a highlight on the TV broadcast. Uh, one of the Bellator prelims, they had two fighters making their M- MMA debuts, their Bellator debuts, who were former Marines. So it's a program that they have called Veterans Operation Wellness. Oh uh, yes, I did, and then uh, they they gave away uh, they give away five thousand bucks at the end. Of yeah, the yeah, 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 big check. Tito Ortiz was yeah. In there. Tito came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just thinking about it as I was, uh, as I was doing my business. I wanted to address the cowboy on cowboy crime that happened last week. Um, The finish to the fight? Yeah, it was. (laughs) I watched the same fight. I was very disappointed as well. I mean, I wanted their. Not that it went to the ground, but it seemed like a quick tap. It but was I, way more than a quick tap. It was way more than a quick tap. He was not in. He was not in a tappable position right there. He gave up before that triangle choke got sunk in. He tapped out before he was in any pain or before he was losing any consciousness. Well, I, to be, let me Listen, play devil's here, advocate. Here's, here, you can play devil's advocate all you want. I've been doing jujitsu for 20 years and I know what it takes to get into a triangle and I know what it takes to cinch up a triangle. That triangle was not cinched up. It was loose. You could drive a fucking truck between that guy's legs. He was not, there's a couple of adjustments that would have taken a couple of seconds to make to, to get that thing cinched up, but it was not tappable. So, the dude gave up. He thought, I'm going to get tapped, and I'm just going to do it now and save myself. I don't know what went through his head, but it's really strange to me that not more people have been talking about it. So go ahead. Go ahead, Devil's Advocate. Here's my – let me just ask you a question. I, I was just watching The People versus O.J. Simpson, my new favorite television program before this. So allow- is, listen, can uh, uh, we'll address this for a second? Is that the weirdest fucking piece of nostalgia to you? Because it really is for me. Yeah, I'm like, it is. I'm like, oh, weird. Oh, Judge Ito. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Darden. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fucking. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Bob Kardashian. I forgot about. Oh yeah. Dude, it was. Kato Kalen, baby. Kato. I literally took. There were so many days when that was happening. I took days off of work to watch the fucking trial. There were days that I did not go into my job because I was watching the O.J. Simpson trial. It was that big of a fucking deal back then. So it's a weird, real weird piece of nostalgia when I watch it now. Anyways, go ahead. (laughs) They do a great job. You should look it up on your on your FSX app. Yeah, really a crazy, crazy lineup. Yeah, Nathan Nathan Lane just popped in. Now I'm in the fourth episode. Nathan Lane's in yeah. it. 
Fucking Travolta, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a... I, I, I said, like, don't spoil it for me. Like, I don't already know what happens. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it is very, but let me, let me throw a little Johnny Cochran on you. All right. Now, if it doesn't fit, that, you must have quit. All right. That's a, kind of what I'm getting to. Now, when you have had a, ch- a triangle choke applied to you in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it's by your opponent, or have you have you ever been done in a tournament? I don't know what the question is. Has someone applied a triangle choke to you? A thousand times. Now, when they apply that choke, are they wearing a cup? Sometimes. But here's the thing. He, let me just interrupt your whole defense for just one second. What do you mean by sometimes? Sometimes people are wearing a cup. Sometimes they're not. I've had people, I've had people apply triangle choke with a cup on. I've had people apply a triangle choke without one on. The cup doesn't make that big of a difference for me. It does on arm bars when you can use that cup for leverage. Uh, on arm bars, I really notice a difference on a triangle choke. I don't notice it as much. Here's what I can tell you. That dude didn't take one step to defend that choke. There's 10 things he could have done. Posture up. He didn't even, he didn't even posture up. It's fucking white belt shit. It's jujitsu first day 101 jujitsu stuff. And he didn't do anything to defend that choke. It was like he slapped it on. Cerrone rolled on his back. It was really well applied. I don't take anything away from Cerrone. I think he's great. I'm a big fan of him. I'm a, ba- I'm a fan of both the guys. Having said that, it's super goofy. The whole thing is super fucking goofy. It reminds me of the Pat Barry Crow Cop fight where you got one guy who's fighting a guy that he idolizes or that he really likes or he looks up to and he gives up. Uh, you know, that was exactly how I felt about that Pat v- Barry Crow Cop fight. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going through the dude's head. He, I don't know. I don't know why, but there's no fucking reason he should have tapped. There are white belts in the school that I train at that wouldn't have fucking tapped right there at that moment. So maybe in two seconds, maybe when it was applied, maybe after he attempted to defend it for a little bit, but he made zero attempt and uh, Cerrone did not, ha, had not made the effort to, to, he, he, he was getting ready to, he was getting ready to, to suck the ankle in, adjust his hips, pull the arm across. He would have done all those things, but he didn't get a chance to. It's just real strange. It's a real bizarre thing. I don't know why it happened. It's not a conspiratorial thing. I don't think that there's, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get pigeonholed as fucking Captain Conspiracy because I don't think it's like somebody paid him off to not do it. I just think it's a real weird thing. It's a real weird thing. And I think there, somebody needs to be asking some fucking questions because that is not a triangle choke that I would have tapped from. Yeah. I- I'm playing devil's advocate because it yeah, looks like ahead. the it looks like the cup could have affected where it was, even though he didn't have his foot locked in. He did have the position. He was moving his hips and rotated. I, I've watched it. Cerrone sort of talked through it in the immediate post fight, but it, again, Oliveira is a novice on the ground. Just because he's Brazilian doesn't he's not a, a 
a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. I'm not sure what he has for a belt, but he's known primarily uh, for his striking. He hasn't been doing MMA for too long. I think it's under four years um, as a professional. But, yeah, dis- uh, whatever. A little disappointing <laughs> because it seemed so sudden. It was a short-notice fight. Uh, uh-oh. Can you hear me? I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Internet connection problem. Oh, so I, there. Yeah, I've, I'm okay. hearing everything. I'm not having yeah, any I can issues hear you. here. Okay. All right. You sound a little different. That's all the same. Um, that that's all that that I was saying. Kind of a just. I really thought that the on the UFC card. Uh, it's, it's getting. What's wrong? Are you okay? Internet problems continue. No, I'm not. I don't have. I'm not having any problem hearing anything. So everything's good over here. Nah. Can you hear me? Hello. Um. Hello. I thought the well, the final that I was on the undercard. It was one of the. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you fine. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I just, I keep getting these messages bumping up, but <clears throat> saying that the connection is, I just keep getting internet connection messages. So that's why I'm constantly checking, but it's all right. Okay. Well. I'm getting it again. Sounds a little garbled. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, you're just hearing my child cry. I'm in hearing the I'm hearing a remix of your child. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know if there's uh, other talking points from this card. Uh. uh no, I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't think I have anything more to say I, about it. I, 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 uh, I thought Marion Renault was robbed in the decision fight of the first of the two female fights on the fight card. Uh, that's one of the ones that I missed. Well, it's it's one that we both picked, and the judges gave it to her. They they said that she lost a round where she had dominant position on top, knocked her opponent down. And ended it with strikes. I'm not sure how that makes it any sense. Mm. Uh, uh, th- this was also the debut, I think, for the UFC of Brian Stan's pop-up arrow. Did you see that make an appearance a few times? No. It, it, <laughs> was it, it like had, a play-by-play? Yeah, but so it wasn't. It, it happens during the fight. So oh, it would pop weird. Up. No, I never saw that. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> but this is a little weird, and I don't know if it was just for Pittsburgh or uh. if it's for in general. But uh, they, this is they use digital scales for the weigh-ins. Oh, weird! They didn't <laughs> use that those clear those old doctor's office ones that that they always use. So they use digital uh, scales. Kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, it, uh, Evan Smith. Marion Renault fight. Yeah, that was the one. Evan Smith looked okay, but I didn't think that uh, she won. And the one judge that went against the other two said that she lost all three rounds. So 
that was a bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, I, I didn't see that fight at all, so I don't. Uh, I, I can't really speak to it. Okay, I thought you said you saw the fight pass once. No, um, Nathan Coy. Did you see that one? Nathan Coy's fight uh, against Laleco. Nope. Okay. Well, Nathan Coy. The only age, he was on. This is his first ever UFC win, so I think right. that I wanted to give him credit right. for I that. Know, I know that he won, but I just, I just didn't, uh, I missed, it. didn't get to see the fight. Well, he won, and uh, he also called out Rick Story after. Oh, I did see that. I saw that he called out Rick Story. Yep. Yep. Um, I noticed that. Yep. And then Alawale Bangbose, the Holy War Angel, won with a first round head kick knockout. Didn't get knocked out of the night, little surprise, but nevertheless, good job. Yeah, Sean Strickland, uh, I thought he looked good. He got the finish in his fight. I stopped keeping notes after a while, but uh, uh, those are the sort of the highlights for the undercard for me. Uh, we saw Chris Camozzi brutally knee Joe Riggs, put his lights out early in the front row. Uh, First round. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Yeah. Just knee after knee after knee, and it was a sneaky little, it was a sneaky little right hand that set that all up. A sneaky little right hand that you didn't really see, and that that doubled him over, and then and then he just six unanswered knees. You know, you can't take that kind of. You can't take that kind of shit to your dome. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so, uh, I mean, it looks like this weekend's fights are going as planned so far. <laughs> Everybody uh, bowing out of Bisbing Silva. Uh, so let's uh, let's do our do a quick little picks for that. Sure. Uh, we'll start at the top and work our way down, or. But we got we have to operate within our new rules, where you you got to pick some some fights. If you want to pick the top four, and you can't change can't change your mind on the top four fights. How about that? Okay. All right. Now, are you looking at it in classic? Uh, I'm, at, I'm on the UF, No, I'm on the UFC uh, Pick'em site. So. Okay. I'm on the UFC Pick'em site. We'll start at. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's just do our four that we that you won't change your mind on, or the top five, because even though it's all on Fight Pass, they still make prelims and they make it different times. So if you want yeah. to watch that on Fight Pass, you can start at twelve forty-five p.m. this Saturday, and uh, and you can see a matchup of two Team McGregor fights, which is David Taymor. Versus Martin Svensson. So that, uh, I don't know. I, I know you don't want to pick over the cards, but I'll just say that's where it starts. <laughs> For those that want to watch, I'd like that, I like that one because the, here's the thing, and I watched every season, or, or every episode of the McGregor versus Team Faber, uh, Ultimate Fighter, and I really enjoyed it. And Team McGregor won out that season in terms of most victories. But Artem Lobov lost uh, in the finals to uh, Ryan, the 50-50 guard. Uh, Hall. 
Yes, Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. So, and, and every other Team McGregor fighter lost uh, on that card. So this, there will be a winner unless it's a draw because this is the first right. time two teammates. <laughs> McGregor uh, on McGregor crime here. Yeah. So, but we'll start. We can start with uh, for the. Let's start with the Tom Brees Nakamura fight. Kate Nakamura. Okay. Because that I don't really know a lot about either of those guys. Well, uh, I know I know what I saw from Tom Brees in his Ireland bout with Cahal Pendred. Uh, he just completely buzzsawed through him. Uh, I was very impressed by it. I know he's from England. Uh, he's got to be hyped up in front of the fans. So was that the first fight on the main card? That's the. I think, uh, uh, I think Rivera Pickett is the first fight on the main card, no? Yeah, yes, you're right. Okay. Pickett is the Pickett room. So uh, we, we could do that one, Francisco Rivera versus One Punch Pickett. All right, I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go One Punch. All I'm right. Go one Punch by Decision. Okay. <laughs> one decision. I'm going to go Brett. one punch by not one punch, but I'm going to go one punch by a lot of punches. Okay. Over the course of three full rounds. Right. <laughs> That's less catchy a nickname. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the number 15 ranked Francisco Rivera. Uh, he, he's never had a submission win before. They've all come by knockout. So... That's where I'm going with it as well. Why uh, not? And I'm going to go in the in the fight metric for uh, in the UFC Pick'em. Uh, Nakamura is a 400 point underdog, so I'm going to take Nakamura. Uh, All right. So I can so I can get that big windfall if he does win. So I'm going to go <laughs> Nakamura by second round submission. All right. How do you like Ta- that? All right. I'm putting my my hard earned pounds. On Tom Brees by a first round knockout to move to ten and zero. All right. And uh, I've got Musasi on uh, latest. I've got Musasi, who I man, I, I really wish he could start getting the traction uh, because I think he is. I think he's one of the top dudes, but he's just really hot and cold. Uh, he's got all of the right tools in all the right places. He's got a, gr- he has a great stand up and a great ground game, but sometimes he just, uh, just doesn't fire for him. But I- I'm a big fan of Musashi. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both guys. Um, but I'm a big, big fan of Musashi. I'm going to go by Musashi, uh, first, second round, KO, TKO. Okay, Kegard Mursasi against Talis Latus. Well, I feel like both guys are coming off of losses. Uh, am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, Latus lost to Bisping, I believe, when they were in Scotland over the summertime. Mursasi is coming off that very severe knockout by Uriah Hall. Yeah. And like you said, he, he, he's got so much potential he dropped a bunch of rankings after that loss, down to number nine, and he he dominated the first round of that fight. Yeah, he's got, he's got skills, but if, if he gets caught, which I, he might, because he'll be in desperation mode this time. I'm thinking that 
Latest well, if he gets be, if he gets caught by latest, he's going to be caught in a submission, which I think. That's is, what I'm saying. If he yeah. if he makes some kind of mistake, if he overextends and he rushes in on something, then uh, I think it's over. And I think that Busasi is in a position that he might put himself in similar to that because he's so desperate to try to pull off a a, a win to get back in the contendership because he. Italis is coming off of a loss to Bisbing, but. Up until that point, he was on a one, two, three, four, f- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak. Up until that loss to Bisbing, yeah, um, and some some pretty pretty heavy dudes in there: Tim Bosch, Francis Carmont, Ed Herman, uh, Trevor Smith, Jeremy Horn, uh, Tor Trang. Trolling, I don't know how you say Tor's last name, but uh, what is that noise? It sounds like you're you're beating up a heavy bag or you're no. making pizza or something. <laughs> I don't. Are you I making pizza? Uh, I was going. I'm hungry. To, I want pizza. I don't have enough time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going then, late. Uh, this and then by... Musasi. Uh, let's see, Musasi is. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he, his last fight was a loss to Uriah Hall, but he's, uh, like I said, up and down. Uriah Hall lost. Win, Constance Filippo. Win, Dan Henderson. Lost, Jacare Souza. Win, Mark Munoz. Lost, Leoto Machida. Win, Alir Latifi. He's not giving any, he's not giving anything, any easy passes here at all. He's getting all fucking top guys, too. So, anyways, uh, here we gotta wrap this up, cause I gotta, I gotta get Yeah, yeah. Here. Uh, um, latest by submission. Alright. And then the main event, uh, uh, I'm probably never in my life gonna bet against Anderson Silva. I got Silva by first round knockout. Anderson Silva by first round knockout. Okay, Fuck well. Yes. Well, let me, uh, put on my autographed Michael Bisping glove to make yeah. my. <laughs> I will say that the count does it. In two rounds, TKO. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you like that? That's a British fuck you. It doesn't look as good in a UFC glove, but the, uh, alright, Nick. That's it. <laughs> you go get, get it, go get it. You go into a, your concert tonight, get out there to promote and get, get it done. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we have a big festival this summer. And we're actually going to create uh, some sort of music video to help promote the festival. So the festival's hired some, some I don't know what, some uh, music video production company, and they're going to make a little music video for us. So we'll all be seeing it soon. Who knows what's going to happen, but i got to go get my hair did and put on a suit and get the F out of here. So uh, MMAniacs, over and out. Peace. That's the end. Now read it. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, 
There's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.